All right, bradcooney.com. I'd like to welcome to the show the co-host of the Cable News Most Watched Program, The Five. I am honored to have on board Miss Jessica Tarlov. Jesse, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Man, this is absolutely. I have a lot of people that are excited that you're on board. Um, and I took a couple questions from some social media followers that, that are actually fans of yours. Um, and wanted to oh, know. You found some? Oh well, yeah. There's one or two out there. Believe me, maybe not in some sides, but on the other sides, there's plenty. <laughs> um, you know, before we get into the 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 politics of things, I read on Twitter today when I was scrolling Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, um, one of your tweets, and it, and it kind of touched me a little bit about how the 9/11 attacks impacted your family. And um, could you just touch on that a little bit for the for the listeners out there? Oh yeah. Um, so I had tweeted about um, a little bit about my experience, 9-11. I, I grew up in downtown New York City, um, about a five-minute walk to the World Trade Center, but formerly the World Trade Center, now one World Trade, um, and was evacuated from my home and you know, spent the first couple weeks after the attacks delivering food to first responders and there were first responders who came from all over the country obviously and they were using our house as a place to go to the bathroom take a nap you know whatever they needed to do um so it was amazing to see everyone band together like that then watch the rebuild and then i had noted in my tweet as well that it ended up that my father got a 9-11 related cancer he got tongue cancer and passed away in the summer of 2021 so it's a very you know a full arc kind of story but it's always you know a nostalgic and tough day i think um for all americans especially new yorkers and those of us who are around it um and i love seeing all the tributes and that people put out and reading articles about heroes that you may not have heard about before and that you know it's nice to think back actually to a time when we were united um by something even if it was out of tragedy which it absolutely was um so yeah but that's my spiel i guess um but it's a it's a tough day. Yeah, you know, and I'm and, I, and, I, and I'm sure I'm, I can speak for a lot of people that we appreciated you sharing that. Um, for me, I you know I'm from New York too. I was not up there when it happened, but I went up a couple years after it happened, and I visited the Rescue Fire Division out of Staten Island, and they lost mm-hmm. eleven they lost eleven men that day in one department. Yeah. And I got to visit, and I, I knocked on the door, and I wasn't really sure what I was getting into, um, but I just wanted to go, you know, just to. To say my condolences, and and so they were so kind. They they, they opened the door of the firehouse, and this big burly Irish guy with full sleeve tattoos opens. I was like, oh boy, mm-hmm. but he was like a big sweetheart. He was a really nice guy, and they invited me and my friend in. We had coffee, and little by little, as we were talking about it, like some of the other firemen kind of woke up because some of them, you know, the, when they're on shift, they sleep there. And before yeah. you know, it, we had about like eleven, twelve firemen everybody with water you know, tears in their eyes just but but it was such a they told me it was such a, a relief just to be able to invent again a little bit you know just to kind of like get it out um so it was a yeah. very special moment for me as well that they, that they were so kind to share that moment with me yeah i think that um first responders in particular but people who just you know feel connected uh, really feel this sense of relief mm. when they get to talk about it again because yeah. I, I think there have been a lot of 
misconception. I mean, first of all, people move on with their lives, and, and I understand that too. You know, it's 22 years ago, um, and a lot has changed since then. Um, there are kids who have completely grown up, like not knowing their parents, right? And they're off to college um, at this point, which is an amazing way to contextualize the whole thing. Um, but there's a sense of community and camaraderie and just kind of peace that I think comes. Mm-hmm. With talking about it, it's like this, you know, when you really need like a good cry yeah. and you let right. out this like bellowing hysteria. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I... that for a lot of people talking about it and making sure, you know, to use the hashtag that it's never forgotten. It mm. says never forget line, but you know what I mean? Yep. I, um, I think it means a lot. And especially for first responders. Like I live uh, right across the street from a firehouse down here that lost a tremendous amount of men. Mm. You know, it was just a few blocks away. And, you know, this morning I was out there and they were all lined up in their, you know, in their gear uh, to commemorate the event and the moments of silence for their crew members who they lost. And it's just... Mm. I don't know. It's it's just special. Um, So it's really great that you got to do that. And I'm sure place like Staten Island, which is just brimming with patriotism absolutely, um, and love for the city, uh, that they really enjoyed having the opportunity to talk to you about, you know, what happened then. Yeah. I took a picture of the guys that, that shared that moment with me. I'll, I'll, I'll text it to you when we finish this up. Yeah. It's a really cool picture. I love that. All right. So let's get into this. Um, first question I got for you is, like, President Biden, um, it was, what's driving me crazy is President Biden has a lot of really good accomplishments in his in his first three plus you know three mm-hmm. years or so. What do you, what do you think that the administration needs to do to get that to translate to the people because he's struggling in poll numbers right now. Not you know you could take polls for what they're worth or whatever, but there's a lot of poll numbers though. They're saying President Biden can can up those polls quite a bit. What do you think he needs to do to get that message out there? He's got some pretty big accomplishments. I I don't feel really connected with a lot of people. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. And it's something that we talk about on the five. And I think, you know, especially folks like Dana Perino, um, who's really kind of shoots it straight, has acknowledged that there are things that you should be talking about and that should be permeating, mm-hmm. and they just aren't. But there's like a, a messaging disconnect. And there was a piece in the Washington Post that came out today, actually, um, about Bidenomics and how it's not translating, that this approach of just almost yelling at people, well, it's good, is falling flat. And that's no surprise, right? If you just tell people, like, okay, this is your lived experience, or what you perceive to be your lived experience, but this is actually what's going on, that's not going to work. Um, And I think that talking about it in tangible benefits is something that can help, like the little things around the infrastructure bill, for instance, you know, when there are new train cars being built or there's rural broadband in places that had never been before. Those are things that you can tout. Um, But probably the most important thing to do is to talk about what has been accomplished as part of an eight-year plan, right? And that's why the Biden administration, the motto or the slogan for the 2024 election is finish the job, Mm -hmm. right? Like you don't take this job for four years. Your hope is that you get it for eight years. And that way you can say, we've done all these things, but there's still more work to be done, and this is the plan um, for how we're going to accomplish it. But 
it's so tough and working in you know conservative leaning media i see this you know firsthand everyone goes to their corners right like they have their news sources the people that they trust and it is very very hard to get things across i've actually been surprised for instance like with the Dobbs decision and the overturning of roe v wade how much that has permeated and become a salient issue I, i did not expect that it would be politically salient and as it as it had been especially considering how polarized mm-hmm. um we all are but it has managed to break through um and i i hope that the democrats can do that um with a lot more of the messaging here but you know one thing that donald trump is good at it's messaging so mm. yeah that's true yeah, and the, the rover rover's weight thing is is something that the majority of the country was upset about when the supreme court just made that rule yeah you know, so you would think that would be one thing that the administration would really hammer home to try to get that out, you know. Um, yeah. So I'm a little bit surprised by that. What about the age factor? So uh, there's a little bit of buzz, and I'm not sure. You're, you're, you're on the inside a whole lot more than I am. But has there been any talks behind scenes about concerns with the president's age? Um, of course, Mitch McConnell's, you know, having some issues as well. It doesn't seem to get as much coverage, but you know what I'm saying. Is there any concerns amongst amongst the Democrats in Washington that the president's age could really be an issue? Because Donald Trump, as far as national polls, in a head-to-head, is it's like it's, it's a neck-and-neck thing. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I think you know it's neck-and-neck because Democrats and Republicans are divided, and elections are decided by independents that pick their sides based on a small number of issues. One of which is the abortion issue, yeah. which has been going in the Democrats' favor. Um, I'm very concerned about it being an issue. It has the potential to be like Hillary Clinton's emails were, mm-hmm. right? Like just a story that is constantly around. It's not something that everyone is like outraged about on a daily basis, but it permeates all of our psyches. And a friend of mine said something that I thought was really interesting about the age issue in Biden versus Trump, and you know, they're almost the same age. Donald Trump is 77. Right. Um, but the way that he presents versus the way that Biden presents, who has undoubtedly slowed down since he was running in 2020. Right. So, you know, Biden sounds slower, sounds a step behind, but because Donald Trump communicates in this very bubbly, childlike way, mm-hmm. you don't associate it with being old. I mean, I associate it with being delusional and unqualified for the job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he doesn't—he doesn't sound like an old man to me. Right. Right. He sounds like if you watch—I was rewatching his interview with Brett Baer, and I thought Brett did a you know sensational job. Sure did. And he just kept saying no to things, right? Like a kid. Like I have a twenty-one-month-old. She really, you know, she says no and yes. Yeah. And, and a few other things, but if I say like, Cleo, uh, it's not raining anymore. Let's take this off. No. Oh, let's do no. <laughs> and then you watch Trump, and it's similar. You know, yeah. Brett says, "Well, actually, under your, you know, your your plan, Mary Alice Johnson, the uh, woman that he got out of jail, who was there for a, a long drug sentence, the grandmother who started with the Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. found her, etc." Yep. And Trump just says, "No, that's not true." And, and that's not. It's he's a wrong. B. That's not the kind of answer that you want from someone who's going to be the leader of the free world, but it's certainly not something that makes you think 
this guy is going to die anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. And exactly. I think that that has really affected how people perceive the age issue in all of this. And it really, it does hurt Biden. And I think to your earlier question about the accomplishments, and I, I think that people have difficulty seeing them because they are focused on this age issue and the media is obsessed with it. Mm. Do you think the president, I mean, obviously the president is a very smart, intelligent person. Do you feel it's possible that if, if, if do you think there could be a moment with the president where he says, you know what, maybe this one term thing, you know, I, I can do better for the country to step aside and maybe let either the vice president run or, or, or Gavin Newsom or someone like that run. Do you think, you think that moment is possible or do you think he's going to forge forward? I see no reason that he's not forging forward yeah. at this point. I mean, barring, and I'm knocking on wood because you know, the only thing that I think that would stop him would be some sort of health concern. Yeah. And I hope that he doesn't have any sort of health concern. Um, my expectation is if something were like that were to happen, it would not be passing the baton to Kamala. It would be an open Democratic primary. Uh, Kamala Harris is, you know, I mean, the polls are out there. She's not very popular and in 2020 for you know in the primary she dropped out even before iowa she didn't really have a constituency Mm -hmm. um or at least a a large enough one to even get her to the vote counting so i think you would see a much more open field if that did happen but there is no reason at this point to think that it is happening i understand the speculation is fun yeah um but you know, if you listen, Gavin Newsom was with Chuck Todd on uh, Meet the Press yesterday, and he was like, it's enough, you know, it's enough at this point. Yeah. Like, he's, <laughs> he's running. They've got a lot to run on, and, and I'm supporting them. So. All right, so let's switch over to the former president, Donald Trump. Um, mm-hmm. The former president that was indicted four times and charged over 90 felonies. Um, why why I mean I understand the whole cult thing I think there's merit to that why aren't more of the even the moderate Republicans like like absolutely terrified I mean for me this thing's a democracy thing it's it's I just think people are missing I don't understand what do you tell me why, why do you think he's doing so well in all these polls still even though all this stuff's coming down on him yeah, I mean, I think, well, I think the primary polls are obviously different than the general election polls. And the, the primary voters are like the MAGA base or whatever, you know, you want to call them. Um, in terms of the general election, I do think a lot of it is partisanship. Um, but I do also think, and if you look at the questions about, you know, would you support Donald Trump if he's convicted? Um then you see majorities of Republicans saying no. So at this point, there's some presumption of innocence, you know, and it should be innocent until proven guilty. 91 counts is a lot, um, but, you know, who knows? 
I guess. Um, but I think that people are biding their time, and it's just the way the system works is really dominated by primary voters. And I think that a lot of the other candidates, except for like the Chris Christie's of the world, I think that Nikki Haley has of as as of late has done a better job. Mm-hmm kind of speaking out against Trump and really defining her candidacy as one for Nikki Haley and not someone who used to work for Trump or whatever it is. Um, but people don't know how to handle him. I mean, look at like what Vivek Ramaswamy does or even how much of a bind DeSantis has gotten himself in mm-hmm. with the, you know, I love him. I supported him. He's recorded videos like teaching his kids about all of Trump's accomplishments and then he has to say, but it should be me. And, you're not really offering a good rationale unless you just want to say, I think the guy's going to be in jail. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for you to go for somebody else. The one thing that I don't understand why more Republicans don't make this argument is that Donald Trump is going to be a lame duck president the day he's inaugurated, right? If he won again in 2024, he only has four years. And Well, we hope so. That we hope so. We hope we don't well, want to stay in and have a constitutional crisis on our hands again. Yes, sorry. <laughs> I, I guess an, an efficient January 6th is always possible. Yeah. But, you know, it's a lot more promising to say we can accomplish all these great things and I can be president for eight years versus I can be tied up in court. Yeah, true. And only here for four years. Right. And then that's it. And no one is talking about that, and I find that very peculiar. It is odd. Speaking of Nikki Haley, I thought she won that debate. I, I think Nikki Haley is the Me best. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think she's honestly the most rational. Um, Chris Christie did pretty good, but I really, I thought, I thought DeSantis did terrible, in my opinion. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, that was bad. Um, what about I, the, uh, I mean, I always, you know, have to counter or at least caveat what it, when I talk about this stuff. I'm obviously not the target demographic for any of this. But if you are looking for a candidate that could bring on moderates and dependents, then you need someone who does have more of this broad appeal. Mm-hmm. And there's not one voter that listens to... Ron DeSantis or Tim Scott, even that thinks like, "Oh, this is somebody who can govern the whole country." Mm-hmm. I think Nikki Haley, as far as if you were a Republican, because there is a lot. There is mm-hmm. maybe not as far as elected Republicans, but like American people Republicans. Nikki Haley, I think, would also bring foreign foreign affairs experience too. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked she's not doing better in the polls, though. It's just another one of those head scratchers for me. I thought she would. Really, I thought she'd get a bigger bump coming coming out of that debate. I thought she did really well. So I don't know. Yeah. Another head scratcher. What about this talk about the Fourteenth Amendment idea to get Trump taken off some of these ballots in the states? What are your thoughts on that? It just doesn't seem feasible. Yeah. Um, it seems like one of those liberal academic type dreams at this point um, and they're not going to get I think they're they're already trying in a couple of states um, but I don't think it's I don't think it's a real thing it's another one of those distractions which I really hate when yeah. that happens because it just makes you look unserious to voters mm-hmm. um, to your point about 
well, we have all these accomplishments. Like, we should be talking about that. And how do we message that better? And then if you're running around screaming about the 14th Amendment, remember when it was the 25th Amendment? Yeah, I do. That yep. was like, yeah. Yeah. So now we're just hopping around yeah. um, to various amendments. And I'm not saying that Donald Trump isn't uniquely unfit for this job and that he hasn't compromised the national security. Oh, yeah of America uh, and all of our allies, et cetera. But I don't know, it seems like a pseudo intellectual conversation for like, you know, 10 p.m. on MSNBC and little else. Um, <laughs> no offense to Lawrence O'Donnell at all. I actually, you know, I yeah, enjoy everyone's shows. But it's just one of those things where the average person is going to look at you like, what are you talking about? You know? What happens if Donald Trump gets convicted? I mean, if he's president, or, or is he? I'm guessing he can still run. He can. He can still be president as a yeah. convicted felon. So how the hell would that? Mm -hmm. what, how how would that work? <laughs> how, how would that I don't work? Know. I, I mean, he can govern from jail, which seems insane to me, but it's true. Um, wow! And I, I know, know. We're... it'll be terrible. I don't. I don't honestly think that that is going to happen. I don't think that the American public, if they saw in 2020, and that was, remember, the election happened before January 6th, mm -hmm. right? So if they saw how important it was to get away from a Trump presidency, like tried it, not good for us. Let's go in another direction. Yeah. When he, and he will have already, the January 6th trial will have started. So that's set for January 2023. That's even before the primaries begin. And then he'll have Georgia. The state trial will start before Super Tuesday. So a few states will have voted, um, but not the bulk of them. I think yeah. people are going to be paying pretty close attention to the evidence that's put out there. Um, you even saw how many conservative commentators and legal analysts, like when they saw the indictment for the Mar-a-Lago case, Mm -hmm. said like oh this is real bad yeah right? like there are pic pictures of all of this there's tape of him saying oh, i'm not supposed to have this yeah you know and now there's people flipping too there's people flipping oh, yeah. and singing like, like well, birds not, uh, yeah yep. and i mean why wouldn't you i mean that's also part of i think <clears throat> the the genius of the way that these indictments were set up you know, Jack Smith was very bare bones and to the point didn't even touch the First Amendment issue, mm -hmm. right? Which is what conservatives wanted for mm -hmm. this to turn into, uh, like, oh, now you're not allowed to say what you think. And he's like, you would say whatever you think until the cows come home. Mm -hmm. You just can't set up a conspiracy right. to overturn an American election. And Fonnie Willis in Georgia got to look at Jack Smith's indictment on the federal level, and then she filled all the holes. Yeah, she sure hers. did. You know, the thing about Fonnie Willis's case in, in in there's there's two defenses I think that asked for for the speedy trials, which which could I think I think they're in like yeah. October. So what could happen here, Jesse, is you know you have to have discovery. You know, so so a lot's going to come out on Trump in that in those two in that trial in those two trials, mm -hmm. and maybe that'll impact some some of Trump's polls once that stuff comes out in a court of law. I think, yeah, I think it absolutely will. I think that people will have fatigue about the whole thing and even, you know, like the fed up factor. Like, even if you think that he's completely innocent, 
and that this is the two-tiered system of justice. These are all Democrats coming after him. You know, no jury, all juries are handpicked left it, whatever, any, any range of conspiracy about it, right? You can, you can still see that no matter if that's all true in your mind, that means that he's going to lose. Right, like there's someone, um, this uh, conservative commentator named Kurt Schlichter, the big following on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen him around. Yeah, I have. Yeah, uh, yeah he used to write for Town Hall. I'm not sure if he does anymore. Anyway, he's a big Trump guy, but he's like, we got to move on because they won. Right, like if the system is rigged, it has been rigged enough that there's no way they're going to let him be president again. So you have to consider other options. And I think I think Kurt likes DeSantis. But I think a lot of the people who do like DeSantis, that's part of their rationale. It's not about not liking Trump. It's that they think that this country is so corrupt and that the deep state is in charge and blah, 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 that you got to find another horse. Obviously, that's a load of BS. But there will be people who feel that way. And they'll be looking for other candidates, especially once they see how these trials are unfolding. Yeah, I think once that evidence starts coming out, that could be enough to shake shake some of these people loose and wake some people up. I don't know because you know I, it is cult like. I mean, I have I have friends and even some family members that are absolutely brainwashed. They have no clue. They won't even like look at the January six testimonies. They won't even look at it. Um, you know, I can't even count how many times I've told people, look. You can watch the videos that they're out there. You can see Ivanka and 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 um, what's her husband's name? It's drawing a blank. Uh, Gerard Kushner. Jared. Jared Kushner. Jared. They're, they're like they're like they basically testified against him. It's it's yeah. it's all released. Just watch it, but they won't. They're so like brainwashed that they can't. They just don't make. They don't make any effort. You know, it's crazy. It's really yeah. is. It's scary. What about Jim Jordan? Like, what was what is what the what the heck is Jim Jordan doing? Um, first of all, he got wrecked by Fonnie Willis with that response she, that she released um, the other day. But is he is he getting some legal trouble for for interfering? Is that something that could happen to him? You think? Jim Jordan? Yeah. I, I don't. I, that's not my impression. Um, I'm I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. So I you know I can't really comment on it from that perspective, and that hasn't seemingly turned into a thread. I mean, it's an embarrassment, certainly, to get called out. It basically says, like, you don't know how to read. Um, <laughs> but my expectation is no. And there'll be a lot of these first show moments, right? Like, so that everyone can then run to their various cable news hits and and do their thing. Um, Jim Jordan is a deeply unserious person, and I think that she just, you know, said it. But uh Someone was just. Oh, Peter Navarro was just held. Yeah, he, yeah, he just got. For, yeah, yep, he's getting sentenced. Yep. I think you'll see more of that happening um, for ignoring the January sixth committee. And you know, it's just bad precedent. I love now that like all these people who ignored these subpoenas are now trying to subpoena people, and they're just getting ignored back. You know, it's like the craziest. Uh, I don't want to use the term, whatever. I don't want to use a dirty term, but I think you know what I'm thinking. <laughs> I it's do. just uh, ridiculous. You know what's fascinating to me? I, I equate, like, a lot of these people that get too close to Trump end up either in jail, um, headed to jail, or careers are ruined 
I mean, there's a huge list compiling now of attorneys, and um, I just can't. I don't understand why. Like when there's when there is a, a a wake of wreckage behind Donald Trump of people who are either indicted um, or actually serving time in prison because they got too close. It's, it's befuddling to me why why people still want to get involved with him. And, and we were talking about 9-11 earlier. Rudy Giuliani was somebody who I used to respect, um, how he handled the 9-11 attack. I mean, um, for him to fall from grace the way he did, just, just to be hooked to Donald Trump's hip, is mind-boggling to me. He's ruined himself, I and mean, his career is over with. Yeah. And, and, and more people, like all these attorneys that want to... What is that all about? Is that is this is somebody looking for the big dollar, but they, they they think it's worth the risk of ruining their lives? I mean, what what's the deal with that? Well, I mean, I think Rudy has been making bad decisions for quite a while. Uh, with that meme online, like everything Trump touches turns to to hell. It's like a dumpster fire. Yeah. Is the like yeah. the, the <laughs> picture that goes with it? Yep. I mean, I think that you can't ever underestimate how good it feels to be in our circle, right? Like Trump invited all of these misfits and losers and outcasts from regular polite society into his inner sanctum. And they had more power than everybody for a time. And now they're paying the price for it. Um, you know, and he's, uh, because he's a con artist and a liar, of course he's not helping people with their legal fees or doing any of the things that he said he was going to do, but he really also preyed upon a lot of delusional, insecure people who don't believe in the Constitution, they don't believe in the America that you and I do. Um, and now you're seeing this, but like, especially on 9-11, to reflect on the trajectory of Rudy Giuliani, it's deeply sad to me. He's selling his apartment, yep. um, has to sell his apartment, doesn't have the money to cover the fees for all of this. Um, and, you know, I forget which, well, which number he was in, yeah. in the Willis uh, indictment, but, I mean, he's in trouble, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's no two ways about that. So, you know, and he won't even help himself. Like, he won't even stay off TV. It's like sitting on Newsmax, ranting to Eric yeah. Kling as if nothing is wrong. They're like they're like moths. You ever watch a moth fly into a flame? Like instinctively, they go towards the light. I mean, like if you yeah. if like a porch, if you leave a porch light on at nighttime, you see like a million different bugs flying around it, and some of them fly right into it and get and get and burn to death. And that's how I I look at these people. They're like they're like moths flying into the Trump flame. They just it's yeah. weird, man. It's, it's nuts. Um, all right, off of that, well, what are your thoughts on um, Nancy Pelosi um, announcing that she's going she's gonna to make another run at it? I mean, make another run at it, like, she's winning, right? There's no uh, competition. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just want to be clear, Nancy, because yeah. any of your listeners thought that there would be something like that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, I get it. I, get it. Yeah. Um, I mean... She's still with it and doing a good job. Um, you know, it'd be different, I think, if she hadn't given up the speakership. And I think Hakeem Jeffries has been doing a really good job. Um, but obviously she's on the older side of all of this. And I think that there has to be a real reckoning with cultivating young talent and then giving them the chance to do the thing, right? Like, it's not just about 
keeping these people in your in their stable or in lower positions or whatever it is like they need a chance to drive the car they can't have a learner's permit forever and you know it's tough to say to nancy pelosi who has accomplished so much and will go down in history as one of the best speakers of the house and certainly the most consequential but um i was surprised yeah i was too but you make a good point though she's cognitively sharp still you know what i mean it's not like she yeah um has any kind of issues like that so but you mentioned the name that i think a rising star and i really think can go a long way maybe even presidential one day is jeffries give, give me give me some more thoughts on him oh i think he's fantastic um i mean i'm from new york so he's been around and a figure here for a while and um, he's smart and he's sharp and he's fun and he's young and kind of breathes life into a very old institution. Um, and I think it's great to have um, a black, a member of the Congressional Black Caucus um, as Speaker of the House, the black vote and the black members of the party are some of the most consequential that we have, like Whip Clyburn, Jim Clyburn from South Carolina, basically you know, decided the election, that it was going to be Biden. Yeah, he um, sure did. We could be endorsing this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think it's fabulous. And I think it was, you know, really good on Nancy that she did that, that she was like, okay, it's time for this. Um, and also maybe to the point of why she's hanging out a bit longer, that she thinks that there's still a big impact that she can have, and I, I wouldn't doubt her, right? Um, she knows better than most of us, but I think absolutely the Hudson Jeffries is a, a huge rising star um, and has a lot to give to the party, and I always enjoy listening to him and watching him, and then he does the fun stuff where he, like, wraps things, and yeah. I don't know, he, he just makes you feel like it's an institution not full of, like, 80-year-old white people, and that's a good thing. And I think that if he did decide to run for a national president one day, that would translate very, very well with voters. Um, his, his personality. and um, All right, one, one other thing before I, before I let you go. Um, with McCarthy, so we have another situation where um, we're going to have to get a, a deal done before the whole debt ceiling thing. It's, that's so old with Americans, man. So many people are fed up with this, and he's he's like he's probably the weakest speaker. I mean, he, he probably is the weakest speaker we've ever had. What are your, what are your thoughts on that situation in McCarthy? Oh, I think I mean I think he's terrible. Honestly, <laughs> um, I think he has he's terrible, and he has an impossible job. Yeah. And you know you do have to note that he's working with a razor thin majority, and Nancy Pelosi was able to do it you know, because she's the best at it. Yeah. And she never missed a vote, right? Never missed a count, I should say. Um, but McCarthy is stuck between a complete caucus of lunatics. And they're pulling him in every which direction. You know, when you have to concede power to Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know that you're basically effed. Jesus. So oh my, my I think God. that's where where we are. And you said it right. I mean, they're legit crazy. The, the Matt Gates and, and some of them are just nuts. It's scary. Yeah. All right, Jesse. Um, do you have any projects that you're working on? I know you had a baby. Congrats on that. That's so awesome. 
Um, Thank I you. Know, um, you're a busy girl, and I appreciate you joining me. Is there anything you want to talk about as far as personal projects or anything like that? No. Um, made the baby, got her out, so that was cool. Um, yeah. No, just tune into the five. Um, we have 20% uh, Democratic viewership. Um, one of the only shows wow. that really has both sides represented. And, yeah, I would love to see you there if you're listening or, you know, know that you're there. And, yeah, that, that's my only project of note. Um, and thank you so much for having me. That 20% is a lot to do with you. I know you're, you're pretty, oh. you're um, a humble person. You probably wouldn't say that, but trust me. You you bring a lot to the table, and I don't know if you know this or not, but there's an app called Threads. It's, it's Instagram Threads app, yeah. um, and you're very you're very popular over there. I've had people say, "Hey, it's just you have a, a Threads." I've had a lot of questions about that, um, so you maybe want to look into that because you got a lot of people over there that, that would love to have you come over to that app, and um, so they can follow you. I really appreciate you a whole lot, and I hope we can do this again soon. Absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you again for having me, and I will talk to you soon.